Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Podcast. I'm Jordan, along here, like always, with Brother Brandon. Hello, everyone. And best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. And tonight we're going to be talking about our top five favorite TV shows of growing up or also of all time. Uh, each of us, like we have done before in other episodes, uh, we're going to go one by one to our top five. You know, so I will go one, Brandon, or best Starting friend Ryan. Starting off so five, making our way down to one. Yeah, going on from there. Uh, but before we continue with that, we uh, we wanted to say that we hope you guys enjoyed our uh, our uh, special episode franchise of the Back to the Future trilogy commentary episodes. Those were really fun. I liked it. Um, got really, really, really tiring at the third movie, though. <laughs> well, I, I, when we start doing, I think, uh, I, well, no, Ryan wasn't in the, uh, he wasn't in the car ride home with us. But I think the next, uh, Jordan and I made a thing that maybe the next one we do. Because the unfortunate thing with a series is, like with Back to the Future and, or other series, when you start getting to that third or fourth or so many movies, it gets rough. Mm-hmm. The series itself gets rough, and you start losing traction of why the first one was good. <laughs> so I think with like the next one, we were kind of maybe doing um, a collection of different movies, but all having under a theme. So like maybe the next one, we were thinking the four C's, the four C's of uh, Stephen King movies. So like okay. Carrie, Christine, Cujo, Children of the Corn. Okay. Something of that nature. And, like, I think, uh, I'm not saying that we just, you know, ignore franchises, you know, forever, but. No, yeah, no, it, it definitely got, I mean, it was it was fun for one, two was ridiculous, but it was fun, but three we're never definitely. Gonna, it's like, we're never going to do the witchcraft, the witchcraft series. You know, yeah. are you aware of those? Yeah, I've heard of like 17, 16, 17 movies. Yeah, it's like Friday the 13th, <laughs> we're not doing that. But, you know, but tonight we're going to talk about our favorite episodes. Like I said before, it's not episodes. Our favorite TV shows. It's not just TV shows we grew up in our childhood, but it is definitely TV shows uh, that we love that we uh, tend to go back and revisit multiple times. Well, the good thing about, like, this, and the reason why we're not just holding it to a certain time frame is, for a lot of us, reruns were rampant, especially in the 90s. Like, reruns of older shows were always popping up because it was an easy way for television to just fill in time slots. Yeah, I watched The Munsters and Lucy and Flintstones at that time. Yeah, Three's mm-hmm. Company was before going to the school bus. I remember watching Three's Company and uh, Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yeah, Barney in the morning. <laughs> so, but anyway, so we'll start this off here with uh, Best Friend Ryan. What's your number five, buddy? Number five is this show called Trigun. I don't know if you guys are aware. Anime. It's an anime. Now, I know a lot of people right off of that be like, oh, anime? That's... No, 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 no. Anime. Anime? It's anime now. That's how you pronounce it. Is that the PC way of saying it? <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it that way, but... All right. Nobody so... ever does. So oh, when you're okay. corrected, just be like, I've never It's like it. the gif or jif argument? Right. Okay. Um, yeah, this was a show that uh, aired... Um, on Adult Swim back in the early 2000s. Mm. It was uh, like their, like the launch, they had like Family Guy, and then they had they would show like two episodes of Family Guy, and then they would show like the Brack Show and Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I think like Sea Lab 2021, then they would get into their anime blocks. Was that uh, Toonami? Was that what it was? Uh, now it's Toonami, their okay. anime block. Their anime block during the day was Toonami. That's when they had like Dragon Ball Z, and right, yeah. I think Rooney Kenshin might have been on there. Um, but like. Huh? Bleach, I think, was another one. I don't know if that was... Because uh, uh, I think that's more of an, a mature one, I think. Like the late night one. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, your yeah. point, yeah. Um, but, like, they would show this, and then, like, Cowboy Bebop. Um, I used to watch those all the time. But this show is a um, it's a sci-fi western. Uh, it follows the the hero. His name is Vash Stampede. 
Uh, he's got a fifty billion double dollar bounty on his head. So the star of the series is these this gang trying to take him down to get that money. But he's like the greatest gunman ever to live. Um, but then like as the series progresses, you you get all these twists and turns. Like they're out to because you don't find out till halfway through the first season why there's this bounty on his head and they call him the human typhoon um is because he's not really a human but nobody knows that um the people trying to kill him don't know that he's a plant which is uh these things that they use to power the planets that they lived on okay um he's just kind of like the last room like the last two plants he has this brother named knives which comes in at the end of the series which is very heartbreaking and sad um because vash doesn't want to kill him but he does and blah 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 all this stuff um <laughs> Like, he has this weapon inside of him in his arm that he can't control, and that's what destroyed the city called July, and it, like, haunts him and stuff. But it's it's a funny show. It can be, like, in one episode, it can be funny, serious, romantic, all this stuff, all in once. It's it's very nice. Um, it's based off of manga. If you guys like reading mangas or comic books or anything, it's a very nice. It's a, it's good. Um, I've, I've gotten into a couple. I think uh, my anime, like, love is more geared towards movies. Uh, just because there's so many TV shows. Oh, there's so many. And it's so... You get to some series where you just have over 200 episodes. And, you know, I just... I don't ever have the time to sit down. But, like, for movies, like... You know, some of my favorite ones are Vampire Hunter D, Twilight of the Dark Master, uh, like, Ninja Scroll. Um, just weird Wicked City, which is all about just tentacle monsters raping girls. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that sounds like something that's your speed. <laughs> but, like, the, the movie itself... The movie format is what I enjoy most. I, I'm wanting to get into certain TV shows. There's a, They had a movie come out in 2015 called uh, Badland Rumbles. Based off the Trigun? Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a continuation. So like the series ends and this is a, this is, this is a continuation. Would I need to follow the series to understand? I've never seen it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if they have an English um, version out yet. Right. Because I, like, I like, I, subtitles don't bother me. Just for some reason on anime it does. Like I have, a tro- I have trouble watching anime and, with subtitles. Yeah, it's, I just I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can watch movies like TV show. Like I can watch like the Ghibli stuff, and there's this oh, one yeah, yeah. called Tokyo Godfathers, which is really good. Um, I can watch those subtitles, but yeah, for some reason, like I can't watch. Because well, I think that I, I think the reason why is I sort of have the same issue with anime in general, even within the films, like regular foreign live action films. I love subtitles, but anything uh, anime or animation. It's because I'm so I'm wanting to focus so much on the art, and then I and when I'm doing that, I'm missing out on the dialogue, and then yeah. it just it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, because I tried watching this one the other day, um, Attack on Titan. They have it on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it, and they don't they don't have a dubbed version. They just got the subtitles, and I had to turn it off after five minutes because I couldn't couldn't keep you know going back and forth like I normally can. Do you guys ever have um, the experience? Because I. Like I said earlier, uh, when I was going over this list with my wife, I mentioned Trigun stuff, and her reaction was, ooh, anime. <laughs> you guys you guys understand that reaction? Does that make sense to you? or? Uh, I can understand why it's unappealing. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like too many people, I feel like the people that are saying ooh, are, they had too many bad reactions, or they're not watching the right stuff. You see what I'm saying? So maybe like your wife Elise hasn't sat down and actually watched something. Does she watch? Has she watched any Studio Ghibli? No, not that I know of. See, I think that would change your mind immediately. See, yeah, well, thing is, okay, so we got a couple years ago. This is our first Christmas together. Um, her family does a like white elephant thing, mm-hmm. and um, we drew her sister Kelly and her boyfriend, and they're really big into anime. 
And so I went on eBay, because they, they gave us a list of all these movies they wanted, and most of them were Studio Ghibli stuff. So I went on uh, eBay and found this DVD set of, I think I think it's like all their movies, all the Studio Ghibli movies. It was only 35 bucks. What? Yeah, and Elise was like, she's like, no, it's a waste of money. It's like, no, they want this. It's like the stuff they want. And she was like adamant not to get it, because it's anime and all that stuff. I never, I just don't, I can't, I can't rationalize in my mind why you would just turn off automatically one thing if, like if you don't really know what it is do I, you do you have anything like anime do you like anime i absolutely hate anime why is that i don't like the um the drawing of it if that's the word uh um, animation I, the, yeah, I just don't like the full-on animation i don't like the uh close-ups running screaming with the mouths weird and the eyes weird and when they yeah. cry and they have little little raindrops falling and it's ah, and flashing lights and I have a seizure. I just have no fucking interest. Um, I have seen a handful of anime stuff that people say that it's awesome and I just I just don't see it. Um, anime is the reason why I got out of Pokemon uh, because I liked Pokemon as a kid growing up. I liked the game. I, I liked the card game. I understand it was Japanese but then when I watched the cartoon I was like oh this is weird animation. I don't like this at all. Um, I watched a Spirit in Spirit in the Sky. Spirited Away. Spirit Away. It's a good movie. Don't like it. I think it's terrible. Um, I I have watched a handful of episodes of Dragon Ball Z because my wife loved Dragon Ball Z. I don't get why people in America think this is great. Um, I don't like Dragon Ball Z. I've watched uh, anime for Street Fighter. I've watched anime for Mortal Kombat. All just it's like wow See, this I, is garbage. Again I I don't well. Never mind, you didn't like Spirit of the Way. I was going to say, there's just so much... There is a lot of bad anime. There yeah. is. I, I think bad outweighs the good, unfortunately, in that category. But when you find the right one, when you find when it, it hits your... For me, it's when it hits the funny bone. And one of them is Fist of the North Star. Are you aware of that one? Yeah, I was. I tried finding that on the internet. I, I found the TV series, but I couldn't find the movie. It's it's insanity. It's pure... And see, I'm the I'm of the mindset. The more insane you are, the more I'm, I'm in love with you. And I think... A lot of anime, a lot of the bad anime that I'm aware of is very dry, uh, episodic in, in the sense of that it almost feels like a very cheap um, like soap opera. Because that's how I always kind of looked at Dragon Ball Z. It's very soap opera-ish. And then when you actually get to a point that matters, you're only given a small glimpse of it. Yeah, no, Dragon Ball Z is a strange case. Because that's, like, that's a show I love, grew up on it. Like, I could watch it any day. But I also understand that they... They did not need to show what they showed, like they, because they, the original run, it's two hundred ninety-two episodes, um, and they cut it down. So they had Dragon Ball Z, and then they have Dragon Ball Z Kai, where they where it follows the manga more closely, right. and I think it's like one hundred and fifty episodes. So if you're able to cut your series in half, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, no, Dragon Ball Z is a good show, but it does take effort to watch. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will agree with that. But I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I haven't seen Dragon Ball Super yet. That's that's one of those things on my list. If I if I ever see anything anime, because I heard there was this really cool Godzilla cartoon that's on Netflix right now. The newest one, that, yeah. So I clicked on it, and within the first section, I was like, "Oh, anime, no interest." Click. Didn't even give it a shot. No. <laughs> because I'm because because somebody's gonna give me those weird mouth motions. Somebody's gonna sit and cry and have these little raindrops. They fall, do. They do. And they're gonna have fucking tall ass. Uh, Asian girls in, in fucking schoolgirl outfits and, and little backpacks and see, I just don't want to see that have shit. You, have, you, have you watched Ghost in the Shell or Akira? 
I have seen Ghost in the Shell, and the same thing. I'm Akira like, is fucking insane. Yeah. That I've is... seen Ghost in the Shell because Movie Guys Podcast, the show that, uh, that we're a sister to here, uh, we did a review on them last year on Ghost in the Shell. And, uh, no, no, the anime, because it's based I know, on... I know, okay. I know. Right. And, 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 and Eric loves anime, who is a host of Movie Guys Podcast, and he gave us uh, the movie to watch, uh, the original, uh, the anime show or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this is absolute garbage. Uh, I checked out I checked out Eon Flux, which I think is bad. I've never seen Eon Flux. That was an MTV on show. MTV, yeah. All liquid. It's just, oh, just yeah. not a fan. All right, so to, to wrap this up, I'll tell you the moment I fell in love with this show. Okay, so there is this there's this character named Nicholas D. Wolfwood. He is a priest and he travels he travels the West. Um, he encounters Vash at the end of the first season. He's a major character in the second season, and Vash is a loner. You know, he's that, that archetype, whatever. And so when he starts to open up to these, these insurance agents, these two women, Millie and Merrill, who are following him to make sure he doesn't blow up another city, and he starts opening up and becomes friends with Nicholas D. Wolfwood, near the end of the season, the end of the series, um, uh, uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood betrays Vash. But then he, but then he realizes, oh, you know, I made a mistake. And he sacrifices himself in the middle of this, this street and, like, this, you know, uh, typical western kind of showdown sort of thing but he's got the huge fucking or he's got this uh, um, cross he carries with him that opens up to have a bunch of guns in it and stuff and like how that scene plays out and the stuff that happens before and during and immediately after in that episode is like I was like a 13 year old boy wanting to be like I'm the tough guy you know it made me cry yeah it's it's such a just a heartwarming like a touching moment and uh yeah Watch Trigon if you if you feel like it. <laughs> is uh is it for for anyone listening? Where is it available? How how available is it to get a hold of? Um, it used to be on Netflix. I couldn't find it the other day when I tried to watch it. Um, I bought this. Granted, this was over a decade ago, but I bought a um DVD collection of all the episodes off of eBay. Okay. Um, for cheap. So, um, so I'm pretty sure since they came out with the movie recently, I'm pretty sure there's it's probably on Amazon as a collector set on Blu-ray probably. Its accessibility is is still kind of easy. Then. Yeah, I would say okay. so. It's it's one of the it, it is one of the more popular um, uh, imports in that genre. All right, cool. All right, brother Brandon, what's your number five show? Oh, we're doing counterclockwise. All right. Um, mine is I, I I've talked about this before. Um, and anyone, especially you two, if you know how much I love the the trio of Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and Robert Tapp- Tappert, Rob Tappert, um, the Evil Dead trilogy, uh, they ended up doing a show that only lasted for two seasons, all in one year. It uh, only lasted in the year 2000, and it's called Jack of All Trades. And it's essentially Bruce Campbell, who, and this is the 19th century, or ni- yeah, 19th century, and they're on the island Pulau Pulau, and it's uh, pretty much during the like, uh, yeah, French Revolutionary War, and uh, Bruce Campbell is playing Jack Styles, and he's an American spy, making sure that Napoleon's forces uh, don't go any further than the East Indies where they're at. But the reason why I love this show is because it is nothing but sexual innuendos, sexual puns, Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell. And he plays this character called the Dragoon, which is almost like a ripoff of Zorro. And every time the French forces try to get anything further in their campaign, the Dragoon comes in and spoils everything, since he's a spy, and so he has the double identities. Hmm. And um, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Vern Troyer 
plays Napoleon. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's short. <laughs> so, it's an absolutely wonderful show. It was on the back-to-back action hour, if you guys remember that any. Um, didn't last long. I, I know right after Jack of All Trades, it was Cleopatra 25-25. Have you ever seen that show? <laughs> Still the same, it's the same uh, block as Hercules and Xena. They were all within that block. Um, but yeah, it's slapstick, wonderful. It's Bruce Campbell getting, I mean, it's, this is, if anyone who's aware of Bruce Campbell and his antics, this is probably the one thing where you see him, like, no restraints. Like, he's getting to be Bruce Campbell at his glory. And it's a wonderful show. Only, you can get the uh, DVD now, I believe, all 22 episodes. Universal released it. I got it on Amazon very cheap for like 16 bucks. Um, 22 short half-hour episodes. But yeah, that's my number five. Huh. All right, well, not, well, my number five would be The Office. Um, I did not get into The Office until season four. Um, and then I watched every episode after that. Uh, reason being is because I heard The Office was around, and I, and, and I knew who was in it, but I just never got a chance to watch it. But um, when I was... Uh, at work, everybody was talking about this episode that aired the, the night before, and they said you need to watch it, and it's called The Dinner Party in Season 4. And that episode is uh, Michael Scott is dating Jan, who used to be his boss at uh, Dunder Mifflin, and uh, she has these horrible candles. One smell is bonfire, and uh, they're trying to get their friends to invest into the company. That's the whole point of mm-hmm. them there. But when they all get there to have dinner, dinner's not ready until 11 o'clock at night or midnight because, because. And they get there like at 6 o'clock. Okay. So you have like four hours before they can even eat dinner. A lot of slapstick stuff. Um, and uh, Michael is showing off his brand new plasma screen TV, all 22 inches of it in the living room. And it's on a swivel mount. It's one of, one of, one of the funniest quotes, I think. And the, well, the funniest quote from the episode as he's describing the TV, and he goes, sometimes I just stand here for hours watching it. And he just, like, there's like 30 seconds of silence as he just stares at the TV. I've yet to see a single episode. Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's a beautiful show. But I got into it because of that episode. To jump ahead, Yeah. The Office is my number one. Okay. So we can get we get that out of the way. Yeah, we get that out of the way. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, you and I both love The Office. One of my favorite episodes, too, of The Office is in season two when they're on the, uh, when they're on the Boost Cruise. I love that episode. Booze Cruise episode is great. You know what The Office is about, right, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually more aware of the UK show. No, I'm not interested in the UK show at all. See, I think the UK show is funny. The, the The Office, the first season of The American Office, mm-hmm. owes a lot to the, the, the UK version of The Office, the original Office. But after about halfway through the second season, it's an entirely different beast. All yeah. on its own. Um, I think the first three maybe three and a half seasons of the office are fucking perfect it's hard to top that in terms of sitcom writing right and like that performances especially um rain wilson as dwight um but the thing like i love the office my favorite show of all time but it it fell off hard in the last season see i don't think it did i think they were trying to find themselves i i get that it's not what we got before in the past but I knew that it was going to be light at the end of that tunnel, and they gave us a great the series. Se- the series finale is a beautiful episode. Oh, it's a, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely great. It ties up the series incredibly well. Yeah, and they have a revival coming out, or they talked about a revival. They talked about a revival, which yeah. doesn't make. I think that's dumb. 
Unless, like, if they, if they bring back the people, that's dumb. If they make right. another one, that is also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that's what they're doing nowadays for shows. Yeah, IP. Roseanne's coming back. Gotta have Will that IP. came back. <laughs> yeah, Full House is back. But you watched, you watched, um, uh, what, that's, is that your favorite episode? Which one? The, the dinner, dinner party? party. Dinner Party was one of my favorite ones, but actually my favorite episode is not a very popular one, I don't think. I don't know, but because uh, I've heard people talk about it a lot online. But one of my favorites one is when Michael Scott decides to leave Dunder Mifflin and start his own paper company. The Michael Scott Paper Company? Michael Scott Paper Company. Okay. And he has Pam, who was Jim's, well, girlfriend at the time, but wife, you know. Uh, so he has Pam with him, and he has, um, oh, fuck, BJ Novak. Ryan. Ryan. He has Ryan with him. And there's they they have a couple of businesses, you know, like a couple clients here and there, but nothing compared to Dunder Mifflin. But then Michael being a great salesman. This was I watched, I always thought the joke of the show because Michael actually is a great salesman. He just plays dumb. <laughs> because he gets Dunder Mifflin to hire them back in their old positions because he sold it as Michael Scott Paper Company is worth X amount of money. Remember that episode? He took he took a uh, he took um, two of the major local businesses in Scranton away from Dunder Mifflin, mm-hmm. and so Dunder Mifflin offered them a buyout uh, for <laughs> at first for a lot more than they were worth, and Michael rejected it because he wanted to make sure they had jobs to come back to. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love that episode, um, and I also like it when that's uh, one of the. Th- Again, one of the jokes I remember from the whole series is when she's when they're in at like five in the morning waking up because they Michael bought a um, this old van from this Korean church down the street from his his condo. Mm. Um, he didn't like change or anything, so like it has the Korean like the Korean letters on the outside, and they have to get it to get the papers because they have to pick the papers up themselves and deliver them to the companies. And it's like five in the morning; it's still dark out, and Pam's real tired. And she goes, "Do you have any coffee?" And Michael goes, "Yeah, cream and sugar." Or milk and sugar, and he passes it back like this. This thermos. And she takes a giant swig, and she goes, "Is this just milk and sugar?" He goes, "Yeah, Breakfast of Champions." <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it, it's I've it's one of those many of shows. Like another one, like uh, Parks and Rec, is another one I need to sit down and watch because I'm always told how great it is. And Ron Swanson is 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 your brother. <laughs> uh, Thirty Rock is another one I, I need to sit down and watch. I know Shariah watched my wife. She watched all of Thirty Rock and she loved it. And I, there's shows I need to sit down and watch, but it's I get to a point sometimes where I, I just revert back to the older ones, to the ones I like or just know because I'm just, I I don't know the ability to sit down right now and just go through a whole new series is very hard for me. One of my Gina showed me Parks and Rec, and one of my favorite jokes is there's this character named Ron Swanson where if you can imagine, I'm a, yeah I'm yeah, aware of the character you know yeah. Jordan, and I I love the thing when he's in grocery store, and the guy's like, would you like to have our vegan bacon, sir? And he's like, yes. And the whole joke is he he loves meat. He's a man, right? Yes, I'd like to have some of your vegan bacon. Throws in the trash. More, please. Throws in the trash. More, please. I I love it. Uh, what, my favorite joke from Ron Swanson, I think, is probably his most popular one. Um, he he plans this, like this uh, every year. They have they have to take a trip to Indianapolis because it's in Indiana, um, and that's where the, the state government and all stuff. And so he plans to go to one specific steakhouse every year. It's like his treat where he sits down, gets their big steak and a, a glass of whiskey. And that's all you know, and he's content. Um, when he gets there, the place is closed down. And he like goes irate, and he screams, doesn't know what to do. And then like at the very end of the episode, like the credits, 
credits are playing. He goes to this lowly diner and he's he saddles up to the thing, and like uh, the this lady puts a steak in front of him and he like has his fork and knife ready. He goes, "You call this a steak?" She goes, "Yeah, it's a steak." And he goes, "I want you to go back there and give me all the bacon and all the eggs, and all the eggs that you have." And the guy walks up. He goes, "No, come here, son." I think what you heard me say is that I want a lot of bacon and a lot of eggs. What I said to you was, I want all the bacon and all the eggs that you have. <laughs> now go. <laughs> that is, that's a good joke. Uh, yeah, but overall, um, Office is amazing. Great show. Um, and I love every minute of The Office. Yeah, so. no. Uh, but Best Friend Ryan, what's number four? Number four, I can't remember which ones I put. I think it was SNL. Did I put SNL at number four? Lost. Lost is at number four. Mm. Um, now, like The Office, uh, I do think the final two seasons are hard. I, yeah. I absolutely do not like the ending of this movie, but the first three... Uh, up until they start doing the... Um, flash forward? Flash sideways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because okay. that's when everything starts to kind of fall apart and just becomes vague just, just to be mysterious. Right. Um, like, I think that happens in season four. I like halfway like it. Um... The first three seasons are, I think, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. I've never been so invested in a show than when I first watched Lost. Yeah. And I didn't, like, I watched it on, because I, I never watched it when it was out. Like, I, I think I started watching it in 2010 okay. as it was winding down. Yeah. And so I watched it on Netflix and while I was in college. So that's a fucking investment. And I went through the whole series in, I think, like, two months, right. three months, something like that. It's a hundred and... 10 episodes it's a fucking lot of time yeah yeah but yeah no six seasons about 20 episodes a season yeah yeah it's but yeah i for me uh i don't think that writing for a tv show just in general is is and gets any better than the first two seasons at least see i would uh i enjoy up to four season four um because that's when some of the weird uh scientific I don't want to ruin too much for anyone who's been wanting to watch it, but um, season four is when that weird scientific revelations start coming in, especially on the island itself, and that's when I got excited. Um, well, fuck it. We'll spoil it anyway. <laughs> but my biggest complaint with the show is I actually loved the reveal that the island was a time-traveling entity, that it could just put itself anywhere in time, and I was like, Oh my god! I thought that was the overall reveal. See, I like I like the concept of Jacob and the Man in Black when they revealed yeah. Jacob as the as the protector of the island and the Man in Black is constantly fighting him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, but like the payoff for it wasn't that like it just kind of was blah. See, the moment that happened, the moment we start realizing who Jacob is and that there's that confliction. That's when I because one of the first things and I remember through all kinds of uh, magazines, all the different reviews of first season was like, is it purgatory? Is it purgatory? It's probably purgatory. And then deep down, I'm like, man, I really hope it's not purgatory because <laughs> I didn't I didn't want a religious, you know, a religious theme behind the show. It was cool. Like, it was interesting. Like, why were there polar bears on the island? Why were these cages where like, you know, they're testing animals and why was there an aquarium? Why was there different stations? And. And I was just like, this is interesting. I was hoping more for, like, an underground scientific, off-the-books, you know, maybe federal type of thing. Um, maybe used to alter... What I was hoping was, since when I found out the island was a time-traveling entity, I was like, whoa, wouldn't it be cool if the reveal was they were using this island to alter history to make sure that the future could go into place of what they needed? 
See what I'm saying? So, like, that's why, you know, maybe JFK was assassinated. That's why Hitler got in power the way he did. Like, they could use that in order to fall everything into place to where we are now. I was like, that'd be awesome. Like, do something like that. But when it came up being like, you know, they're all gathering in the church at the end, I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I don't like the ending. I, I, I think that's a running thing, though, because, like, most of their, their, um, season finales like mm-hmm. the hook to keep you coming back for the next season like the end of the first season is um uh, they, they finally blow the hatch off the uh, the door off the hatch yeah and then because like they spend like the whole season like half of the season uh being like oh, we gotta get in there we gotta get in there what's yeah. in there and then like Locke is like distraught and and angered and all this stuff and then it's just the desmond yeah. It's like the beginning of like, oh, it's another person. Right. Desmond's a cool fucking character, but mm. it's the payoff for what they're in, what you're investing in it isn't that great. Uh, but like, I know I'm kind of going back on my own point about how the writing is, I think, perfect. But yeah, I do think that's a problem they have. And the, spe- the, the ending, because like, I was confused by the ending at first. Like, I understood it was purgatory, mm-hmm. but like linking it all together didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No. Like, like everything that happened before. Um, but I mean, if that's what they want, I just, I don't think they knew the ending when they set all this stuff up and, and I, I think that's, that's a detriment to it. Exactly. I think that's a major problem with television shows. Uh, I'm, we're, we're starting to see a huge shift into it since a lot of these are coming straight to Netflix, Amazon, HBO. Like, see, I think if they would have taken the limited series model where it's a season of eight episodes, right? Yeah. I think it would have like the impact would be substantially better because uh, each season is 22 episodes, and that's that's hard to drag a, a yeah. show that is built that is based around the mystery of where these people are. Because you get yourself into a model of, well, this episode, let's say episode 12 is the revelation, and then episode 13 and 14 is filler. You got two weeks of filler, and you don't, you know, episode 15 is not until another revelation or something important. Yeah. And I hate that. Like some of my favorite shows, though, they're the same way. It's like, guys, come on. Even right now, currently, uh, the Flash on the CW. They're running off of a 22 to 24 episode season. It's like, scale that back, man. Yeah. Well, I will say this. The Lost has um, my favorite uh, episode of TV I can remember, that I can think of. And that is um, the episode The Contact, where uh, they go, they have the boat coming in. Um, with Season one? Season four, I think. So they have this boat coming. It's just off the island. Um, but when they try to get there, there's like a time displacement. Oh yeah. And so Desmond keeps being thrown back in time yeah, into yeah. his own body, but back in time and he keeps coming forward mm-hmm. and, and he has to make, uh, so he doesn't lose his fucking mind. He has to make a contact with the girl he's in love with. Right. Whose father is the guy who is the guy who owns the ship who's keeping them apart. And it's just, again, like I didn't cry like I did with Trigon, but like, <laughs> uh, it's just like the, the emotional investment and the payoff just in that one fifth like 45 minute mini movie is right. I think fucking incredible. See, I like uh, thing I love most about lost when I was, I was heavily invested into it as well. And the flashbacks, man, like, I think that's, that's what got me hooked on it. It's you. They humanized every single character, every episode. I think that's a smart way to do it. You've got all of these different characters on an Island. How do you, how do you separate them and make them, you know, give them an individual identity, let each episode revolve on their past. And, oh, it's genius. And then, like, when you, you start falling for characters like Charlie, you know, um, Dominic Monaghan's character, yeah. and when he finally dies, it, it, it hits you hard because you, he as himself, you got to see his struggles in his past. Yeah, I was awesome. really, I was really pulling for him and Claire. Yeah. Uh, 
the thi- the the main character I can't remember his name. Uh, um, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox. I don't like him. No. I think he's incredibly boring. Like he's like a do-gooder hero guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sawyer is infinitely more interesting. Kate is infinitely more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, like because every time we had a Jack-focused episode, I was like, let's just. Come on, move on, guys. Let's just go. Especially since the like in his flashbacks, they reveal they did to him was he was just the the casual, usual drunk doctor that you know ruined his marriage, almost pretty much ruined his job. You know, it's we've seen this before. Come on, you got to give us some kind of new dynamic. No, and uh, Locke, Ben, and Desmond um, are like three of my favorite characters of any TV show I've ever watched. Yeah, like I think Locke is. One of the like he's he's a main character, but he's not really a main character. Like he's there for a lot of the major things, but he's not like you don't really put Locke in with Sawyer and Kate and Jack mm-hmm. and even Hurley to an extent. Right. Um. But like I think he's like the limited storylines that he has. Now, granted, he does become like the big bad near the end, but he is like one of the most fleshed out characters with like s- simple, like a simple storyline. Yeah. Uh, it, and uh, the guy that plays him again, I can't remember his name. Terry Quinn. Terry Quinn, fucking phenomenal. Stepfather. Yeah, stepfather. Fucking phenomenal <laughs> in that yeah. in that show. Yeah. Lost is my my fourth favorite show of all time. Sweet. All right. Um, my number four is now I've had I've gotten a lot of flack from this from friends, uh, because uh, a good friend of mine, Dave, he swears up and down that. The other show was better, and I can agree culturally it has more of a distinction. But for me, my number four is Tales from the Dark Side, and the show that my my buddy Dave always says is better is Tales from the Crypt. Now, you know Tales from the Crypt has a figurehead, you know the Crypt Keeper. Um, but for me, Tales from the Dark Side, the, the episodes themselves were always. This was at a time when I was really starting to get into writing, uh, like horror fantasy. Tales from the Dark Side focuses more on that. And whereas, I think where Tales from the Crypt failed, I think, a little bit. Because I have all seven seasons and tried going back to them. Certain seasons work, a lot of them don't. Is because a lot of Tales from the Crypt episodes, they don't take from Crypt or Vault of Horror. They take from Shock Suspense. Like the um, the more like femme fatale stories of the, of the EC comic era. They don't actually focus a lot on the horror comics. But whereas Dark Side... Uh, created by George Romero. Uh, this was off the success of Creepshow, which my favorite movie of all time. He was actually wanting to do a Creepshow-based television show, but there wasn't enough pull for it, so he had to wait a little bit and wait a little bit. And then after the success of, what was it, like, once Twilight... Because Twilight Zone got a redo in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think after the success of that is when they started getting greenlit for Tales from the Dark Side. Um, but Tales from the Dark Side... I think it had, yeah, four seasons. Um, And it's just, I don't know, every half-hour story, there's something interesting. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes is called um, Ursa Minor, I believe it's called, which is an actual constellation in the stars. And it's this little girl who her dad brings home this teddy bear for her, for her daughter, for his daughter. And every time, it's the classic, you know, things are breaking in the house, the parents wake up, things are destroyed, but Teddy did it. You know, like the whole blaming it on something else. Well, the mother tosses the bear away. And then it's one of the most obscure what-the-fuck moments ever. Where all of a sudden, the bear comes to life. And it's giant. And it's mean and vicious. You never see the bear except for its giant fucking claws ripping through the house. 
and the mother and daughter are curled up in her bedroom, the daughter's bedroom, and the big ass claw bursts through the door and goes reaching for him, and it just goes to credits. Oh, nice. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did they live? Did they die? And it's like, Tales from the Dark Side really pushed the boundaries of really not having every story be concluded the traditional way. And it was just, oh man, I like it so much. And it started bringing in a lot of uh, Stephen King short stories too, uh, like Word Processor of the Gods uh, ended up being an episode in this as well. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's to me, uh, the show that follows after it is Monsters. I don't know if you ever heard of that as well. This was started in 88. It's just called Monsters. No, I've never heard of the show. Once Tales from the Dark Side ended, Monsters took over in its place, and it was focusing more, like every episode was strictly something monster-based, whereas Tales from the Dark Side focused a lot on fantasy, magic, more suspense, paranormal stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you can get all, again, CBS released all four seasons. There's You can get them individually, or Walmart has actually the whole four-season pack together. Of like, Dark Side? Or dark, dark Side. Dark Side? Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side? Yeah. Um, like I was meant, one another favorite episode is when they because they brought in a Stephen King short story, Word Processor of the Gods. I don't know if you've read that one. Mm-hmm. Essentially, a guy gets uh, this husband, terrible wife, terrible son, terrible living situation. He gets this word processor from his brother, and I can't remember who it is, but he, I think, I know for a fact that his he fell in love. He actually loved his brother's wife. That's who he really wanted to be with. So what he can do is like. So he gets to a point where he's just playing around. I think his son is just just yelling, just being nasty. And this is in the show as well, the episode as well. But he's like, pretty much says, I wish my son would disappear. And then he pushed the delete button, and his son disappears from their life. So then, of course, it gets to that morality thing. Like, what can I do? What can I bring back? What can I take away? And I thought the episode did a really good job representing the story. And I don't know, it's... There's lots of great episodes I could see and talk about, but I won't, I won't waste the time. But yeah, Tales from the Dark Side, I think, is a very underrated... When compared to Tales from the Crypt, it, it, it gets swept under the rug a lot. Because everyone remembers the Crypt Keeper. And rightfully so. Crypt Keeper's awesome. There's lots of Tales from the Crypt episodes I love. But I think Dark Side's just a better better show. Okay. Uh, number four for me will be Roseanne. Um, one of the greatest uh, TV sitcoms of all time, right? And I'm excited for the revival coming up here in a few weeks. How do you think they're going to explain the whole Dan's alive now? They're gonna, they're just gonna sweep that under the rug because the whole show was basically her writing a book, right? So, oh, was it the whole? I thought it was just the last season. I thought it was the whole game book. Okay, I know, I, I, I could be wrong, but that's, I haven't that's, seen, that I haven't my interpretation. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't watched that show because they used to air it on Nick at Night. That yeah, was, that was when I watched it. Yeah, no, I uh, love Roseanne. Roseanne is. My family, me, my wife, and my dog. I mean, like, it's middle class, living paycheck to paycheck, trying to figure out how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be parents, and how to raise a family. Well, that's what, it broke the mold on that. Yeah. Um, it broke the mold where you had... Because um, they weren't good-looking people. They weren't good-looking they p- people. Life. They were both overweight. She was loud and obnoxious, you know. There would be, oh, there would be single episodes of them dealing with the fact that the lights got turned off, and mm-hmm. how do they do that? You know, and how do they how do they pay it back? They also dealt with serious issues like Roseanne's uh, sister getting beat up, yeah. and how to deal with that. And, well, and Dan took care of it. Dan did did <laughs> take care of it. Dan Isn't did there take an care. episode where um, her sister comes out as a lesbian? 
No, that yep. was in the that's that, that that's at the end. That's at the end. So okay. yeah, so that's that's why nobody likes really likes the whole thing because I understand why people feel that way. I feel that way too. That you know, oh, so the whole thing was just a lie to us because she says that her sister actually is a lesbian, and it wasn't DJ uh, who married and ran off with that boyfriend, but it was the blonde sister that did that. Okay, and and DJ was actually the good one. She just switched them. And Dan actually did die of that heart attack, and we never won the lottery. It was kind of like, oh, so I've been lied to for the past nine years. That's the kind of way that a lot of people have taken it. That's the kind of way that I felt on that last episode. Um, and the last episode, I mean, like the last season, I thought was kind of crap anyway. When they won the lottery and all this stuff, because that's not what you want to see, you know. Um, it's just Roseanne was just a really, really great, fun good old blue collar show that we don't have anymore i see a lot of shows try but they fail i i i agree in 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 the sentiment of winning the lottery i think what would have been a more much more pleasing ending is uh because one of the one of the ongoing things with dan is especially when he's a under a contracting business it's it's job to job and sometimes those jobs don't pan out yeah i think it would have been much more realistic and much more down to earth if a contract his contracting company finally found steady business you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. able to become Langford's main contractor. Yeah. And that would have been cool because that would have put them in a better situation, but not so much to where like they're disconnected from the general audience. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting how the show is. And there's a very famous uh, behind the scenes thing on Roseanne that is true. That's not a, you know, fake thing, but Roseanne herself had complete control over this whole series. Mm. She had complete control. And every year, at the beginning of the season, she made a list outside of her dressing room drawer, door. And it said, you can YouTube this people or Google it, and it said, these are the people that are going to be fired before the end of this season. Oh, cool. And all of them were fired. Because they did not follow her vision. They did not follow the way that she wanted to do things. Like, like the very famous episode, like I said, of when her sister got beat up, right? They didn't want to touch that. A lot of producers and a lot of writers were like, we're not touching this. This is too hardcore. Your family sitcom. And she made that list that day and said, you will lose your job before the end of the year. And every single person on the list lost her job because they questioned her. I find that very actually refreshing for her. And I also find it very um, ballsy of her to actually do that. Because even at that time and still now, there's not a really strong female-driven show. There has never been a show like Roseanne since Roseanne. I mean, I think they're also you gotta remember when that show came out, it was like a breath of fresh air because I mean the number one show was the Cosby Show, where that's complete opposite. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Like, again, that's also groundbreaking because African Americans, but it was a, your traditional, yeah. you know, My Three Sons sort of sitcom. Yeah. Like they did have special episodes where like uh, Theo has pot or something like that, or I think yeah. Denise has anorexia or bulimia or something like that. But yeah, yeah, nothing on the level of. The episodes I can remember from Roseanne because I never, yeah. I never really got into Roseanne. My mom absolutely loved it. Yeah. she doesn't usually go for that. My mom loves Hallmark movies. That mm. tells you her taste. She loves Roseanne. No, I mean uh, I like uh, Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I honestly think it's it's much more comedic and much more, you know, in, in terms of reality, it doesn't it doesn't bode or mesh well with Roseanne. But I think the animated qu- equivalent of Roseanne is King of the Hill. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like that. For some reason, a lot of and uh, I had some friends who lived in like redneck towns. They were, they say the same thing. King of the Hill was the only cartoon 
that their parents would watch. And it's the same in my hometown. King of the Hill was the only cartoon an adult would be like, oh, yeah, I watch it every night. Because it's, it's their values. and Right. <laughs> it's also, not, I mean, when you contrast that with uh, The Simpsons out, because they aired back to back, they're like different universes entirely yeah. in terms of uh, storytelling. Because like King of the Hill is a live-action sitcom that just happens to be animated. Yeah. yeah. I also just wanted to throw a curveball, not an honorable, honorable mention, but I do want to throw a curveball that also in the same ballpark and probably the same sport as Rosanna's show that I really do love is Married with Children. And my favorite episode ever is when is when uh, Al Bundy gets uh, his own toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, have you seen that one? I have not seen that one. So that is uh, the, the the very short version of the episode is that he is tired of everybody using the bathroom. It is a th- it is a four bedroom one bath house. You know that's kind of a fun joke. I like that joke. And they only have one bathroom. And if you know Brandon and I and our father, then you know that toilet humor is hilarious. So uh, with this is Al Bundy is tired of always sharing the bathroom. He wants to sit in the bathroom. He wants to read his toilet paper for 20 minutes to an hour and not be bothered. So he decides to turn his garage into a bathroom. And he has to buy a toilet. But he makes it very clear that he does not buy any toilet, he says. He buys a Ferguson. You know why? Because this toilet... Doesn't give you the whoosh, the the wussy flush, like the brush flush. No, that's a wuss flush. That's a girly flush. The Ferguson gives you a man flush. Baroosh! <laughs> and he kisses the toilet, prays to the toilet, makes love to the toilet. Peg says famously in the show, you have made love to that toilet more in one week than you've done to me in ten years. You know, so yeah, but Married with Children, Roseanne. Yeah, Roseanne is an honorable mention for me. It's it, If we were to do a top ten, Roseanne would probably be my number six. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how close it got to being in my top five. Yeah, Roseanne is great. It's, it it's, is. it's, it's a great I, show. Another, like, the Halloween specials were amazing. Like, their Halloween episodes are always, it was always something to look forward to. Because they went on, more than any other show, they went above and beyond with their Halloween. So I'm assuming you're excited for the revival. Yes and no. I, I, I am treading that, that fine line of, uh, do we need it? And if we are going to do it, how well is it going to hold up? Well, you know, Will and Grace isn't terrible. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of Will and Grace. I do like some of the older episodes back in the days. But, you know, watching the new episodes now, they're not terrible. Same as the Fuller House stuff. It's like, well, okay, it's fine. Like, no, like uh, Fuller House, I'm not a huge fan. No, Gina loves it. Um, but, I, but they were able, like, when I was younger, I loved Full House. Who did uh, I went back and watched it as an adult. The episodes don't hold up, but <laughs> that's uh, how I felt with Family Matters. Yeah, um, but the Fuller House on Netflix, they were able to capture at least the feel and yeah. the, the like, the tone and themes of that of the original show. So I don't like the Fuller House, but I think it. I mean, if you're a fan of Full House, there's no reason why no, yeah. that shouldn't exist. Absolutely. So I mean, Roseanne probably be the same way, especially since they got Roseanne back. I mean, everybody's back. Yeah. So is she great. is she in charge of it again? Or? Well, yeah, she everything is back to the way it was. I was watching I was watching an interview about it today. So like everything is back. I mean, like I I guess half the cast broke down and cried and hugged each other when they went on the set because everything was a hundred percent the way it was. They left it twenty years ago. So they're like, you know, I mean, of course they didn't just leave it there to get cobwebs on. Of course they redid everything, but you know, but every picture was where it was supposed like to the be. Every to couch. Detail. 
everything. Yeah. Uh, they even said even even even, even the, the throw Godzilla, blanket, even the Godzilla figurine, the Godzilla figurine, and even the throw blanket or whatever you want to call it on the couch. It's, it's all there. Huh. Nice. So it's like they really like that. So best friend ride was number three. Uh, I put Saturday Night Live, uh, my number three. Overall, as a whole. Uh, or certain eras. Okay. Certain eras. Um, but those certain eras I fucking love. Yeah. Um, cause, I mean, it's been going on for forty what four years, forty three years since the late sixties. Seventy seventy five is 75? when it when it aired. Um, so obviously you're gonna have down periods. No one's gonna be consistently good for that long. Right. Um, but like, um, I love the original run from seventy five to eighty, and then I love um. The 90s stuff with, like, the early 90s cast. It has Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, oh, yeah. Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, all those guys. And then almost anything with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Because Will Ferrell's a fucking genius on that show. Uh, like, he... Until he left... From, like, 98 until he left 2002, he carried that show on his back. Pretty much. Yeah. But, like, everything else since, like, this current... These past couple seasons, like, I'll watch an episode here and there, and I may chuckle once or twice, but I don't really feel the need to... Sit, I can I can watch the skits on YouTube. It's not a big deal. What's what's Mike Myers? Was he 80s or 90s? 86 to 94. I so believe. he was part of the or 93. 90s cast. 86 to 87. So he was part of it. Okay. Yeah, with Wayne's World and stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, the first era you talked about, that's Aykroyd, that's Belushi. That's, yeah, that's Chevy um, Chase, Bill Murray, Jane yeah, Curtin. Yeah. Jane Curtin. Garrett yeah. Morris. I'm, that's I've never where Coneheads come never from. Never seen those? Yeah. I've never seen those. That's when... Okay, so the... Because I got into it watching the reruns on Comedy Central when they would rerun those like early 2000s, they would rerun the early 90s stuff, and that's more kind of yeah. scatological humor, mm-hmm. um, stupid humor, but it's still funny because you got again you got the immen- like immensely talented people like Chris Farley, Adam Sandler who just fucking can do that shit in their sleep. They can they can make any line of dialogue no matter how shitty, really <laughs> funny. Um, back when they were good. Well, back, back when, when they were good. Yeah, like Adam Sandler doesn't care anymore, so like there's a big difference. Oh, he Adam Sandler's admitted. Yeah. He's admitted on camera. He's like, the only reason why I do movies like Grown Ups 2 and shit is just so me and my friends can go on vacation. That's yeah. why they're always set in Hawaii and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, um, in the original run in the 70s, that's when they were more into the political satire stuff. But like, we're smart, college-educated, ed- we're anti-establishment stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, I think the, the the difference between the two, um, yeah, they're still... Uh, with those performers, it's a, they're able to to pull it off so well. Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, anyways, I like those are the two eras I like. I don't think anything in between really is is all that well written. The early two thousands is not good. That's with Jimmy Fallon, right? Yeah, yeah I don't. I never liked Jimmy Fallon. I don't like him on the Tonight Show either. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah, oh, he's not, he's not a good interviewer. I love him. I actually I love, I love Colbert. Oh, I do too. Um, I, man, I. I do wish Tina Fey was still a writer. When she was writing, there was some there was some good stuff. The weekend okay, so weekend update is no matter the almost no matter what era they're in, weekend update is, tends to be strong because mm-hmm. like I like um, Michael Che, he's on currently. Yeah. Um, and like the guy I can't remember, Colin Jost. I like those two. I like Seth Meyers. Yeah. Uh, when he was doing it uh, by himself, when he did it with Amy Poehler, thought those guys were great. Kevin Nealon's funny. Norm Macdonald. Out of out of the entire SNL run. Who's your favorite cast member? Chris Farley. Chris Farley? Yeah, pans down. Chris Farley or Bill Murray. Nice. Um, but yeah, I would say Chris Farley overall is my favorite. I'd have to go with Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. See, I never, when I was watching it as a kid, I never really appreciated Phil Hartman. Yeah. Until I, still, like, well, I would go back like <laughs> a couple years later as I, after I matured 
uh, and I grew, you know, like sensibilities and stuff. I can realize, uh, I was able to realize the importance of Phil Hartman because he's yeah. the straight man, like Chris Parnell. I never understood Chris Parnell uh, until like like years later when I was watching. He's the straight man, right? Like yeah, he, I, he well, no matter how absurdist it got, fucking stone face, he can do anything. And absolute shame what happened to Hartman. Yeah. Man. Oh God, too soon. I uh, would, he would have he would have done some great things if he would have got to continue on like he already was like even in roles even in movies that aren't considered great like Jingle All the Way he as the neighbor that wants to get with Schwarzenegger's wife he's amazing like he he owns that movie <laughs> yeah he's really uh, uh Universal Soldiers yeah yeah, yeah. my favorite not is Universal Little Soldiers Small Soldiers Small Soldiers yeah my favorite yeah, is uh, Will Ferrell Will Ferrell uh, for two reasons one uh, I am I I am ashamed to say this, uh, but if Will Ferrell's in the movie, I will watch it. I just got to watch in the house last week. Even Semi Pro. Yeah. Oh, I love Semi Pro. <laughs> oh, I I actually have it on Blu-ray. I love Semi Pro. <laughs> Want to make you sexy, baby? <laughs> I mean, I just love it. I just I just love Will Ferrell. He is my guilty pleasure. I pleasure. I just watched the house. It's a terrible movie, but my God, when they put the camera on him. You know, like you know, like you know, what I'm talking about. You know, with that, uh, you know, with that camera, with that camera close up, where they have like this, like the actual harness on them, and the camera's actually in their face when they're running. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, like mm-hmm, that yeah. camera effect. It's just, it's just, I just love seeing them screaming. It's just great. Uh, and the reason why is because I, why, why I fell in love with him, and why I watch everything that he does was because of SNL, because it was after the 9/11 attacks, and they were like, how the hell are we gonna be funny and stuff, and he comes in. With short man thong shorts, yeah. with his twig and berries, they say oh, hanging the, out. The, uh, the American thong. The American, American thong, yeah. and he sells it. I mean, he knows he's not attractive, and he know it's just, it's just so funny to see the women's reaction of them looking and then being repulsed, and it was just one of the greatest fucking skits I've ever seen in my life. Right, I'd say probably in the same ballpark as what South Park did and, uh, and did in the response to that too. Oh yeah, when they killed Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> and also I always love him in his hot tub, you know, when yeah. they make with it love. With his lover. With his lover, you know. I just and of course solo uh the Spartans, the cheerleaders. The, the cheerleaders Spartans. <laughs> I mean just Yeah. No, like I, yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree. From like 98 until 2002 when he left, he was the backbone of that show. There is a 22 minute, and I've watched it a bunch of times, and I don't know why, why I do know because I because I, I I love Will Ferrell. There's a 22 minute long YouTube video, and it's titled "Will Ferrell Screaming." It's 22 <laughs> minutes of him just going berserk. <laughs> so it's amazing. I so. have to say, some of like I know stepbrothers of course um i i even think some people think talladega nights is one of his weakest i think that no. i put that in as one of his strongest yeah that's amazing i love talladega everything is great i'm sorry i can't talk about it because everything <laughs> is great everything is great that he does but i don't know i there is uh there is a charisma behind what he does and uh i he's very very unique definitely one of a kind I, if anyone tries if any actor today tries to pick up the will ferrell model it won't work. He no. he straddle his his basic uh, in all of his movies. His the thing that he does is that um, idiot arrogance. Yeah, the person that's that's too, so stupid they're confident about everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if anyone other than him tried to pull it off, they'll just come across as assholes. Yeah. But there's just that innate lovability to him. Yeah. Have you guys seen his more dramatic role, Everything Must Go? Yes, I, have, I yeah. love that movie. He's yeah, good I, in it. It was really good. That was a good change of pace. He's great in Stranger Than Fiction, too. That's yeah, good. that's yeah. another good one. I like him in Kicking and Screaming. 
Yeah. Um, that's, that's not a serious role. But no, yeah. but no, not like a minute. <laughs> uh, one more thing about Will Ferrell. We can go to uh, Brother Brandon's. Uh, YouTube this if you guys ever want to, but he wins an award, and this is real life. It's not a skit, but it's 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 some comedic award. I, I forget what it was. And he goes up there, and he accepts his awards, and he gives a very serious, nice speech. And then at the end of his speech, he goes, and I want to dedicate this to the number one person in my life, and that's my wife. And everybody's like, oh. And he looks up at her. She's in the balcony with the kids and her. And he looks at her, and he goes, I love you, but you have a dirty little whorish mouth. <laughs> and you need to shut it. All right? I'm talking. You need to listen to me. If I want to go out in a bender tonight and just get completely wasted, I'm going to do that because that is my right. Do you hear me? You listen when I talk to you. And I just love that because he had the balls to get a very, very nice comedic award. And he just calls his wife a whore. And she and she's there and loving it. It's 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 great. It's just really, really funny. I can't sell it like Keith can. But no, it's like I'm smiling. You don't see me smiling? No, I know, but I, I just can't sell like he can because it's just hilarious when he's just giving this soulful, nice, heartwarming speech and he just goes, you need to shut your whore's mouth. <laughs> it's just crazy. So best friend, Brent, uh, best friend. Uh, brother Brent, what's your number two? Uh, number three. Oh, I'm sorry, number three. Uh, I won't ramble on along on this one because everyone knows it. My number three is The X-Files. Um, created by Chris Carter. Uh, you know, David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson. It's uh, David Duchovny created it. No, no, Chris Carter. I'm saying starring David oh, Duchovny. Oh, okay, okay. Um, essentially, if, if you're not aware, think of it. The one of the reasons why it was created was NYPD Blue was a big um, police drama during the '90s, and Chris Carter was actually a writer on NYPD Blue, and he loved, he liked and loved police dramas, but he was thinking that at the time. He was like, what's going to top NYPD Blue? Or are we going to get to a point where it just follows the same, you know, the same model? It's just like everything, essentially what cop dramas are today. It's the same thing, same thing. So he took the idea of NYPD Blue and put a paranormal spin to it, saying, what if there's a, a, an organization, very small organization underneath FBI, but no one knows about, and everything's off the books, where you have agents going to try and investigate the paranormal and the supernatural called the x-files so that's where the show came out of <laughs> sorry i couldn't hold it in i apologize but um yeah i this was one of the shows where i watched religiously as a kid like i had to be there especially when it was i think season four or five when it started sunday nights at nine even though it was school night i made sure to watch that hour before going to bed and is the revival good because i watched the first episode and i was like oh this is shit it's okay like like what we were explaining earlier it's for fans of X Files, yeah. it's it's uh, it's serviceable. Uh -huh. um, if you as if you as a person have not gone in, got yeah. don't know X Files and haven't got into it, and you tried starting with the revival, yeah, you wouldn't get into you it. You see, now that's me, because I never watched an episode of X Files but one. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've only it watched was one. Everywhere, it's such a cultural icon. I thought maybe never had an interest. Um, I've only seen a few episodes of it. Yeah. The episode that I remember was and I'm going to completely murder it. So if you remember more that of this episode then please correct me, but it was when uh there was some skin disease or some disease on a ship. And the chick was dying. Yeah, I know what you um it was like it was like it was it was kind of like a zombie thing on a ship in a way. And it's like it, it's like they had like some skin disease. 
I know what you're talking about. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. I remember that scene, uh, th- that show, but I, I, I was always confused with X-Files. Isn't it just them looking for aliens? Uh, sort of. It's the, the A-plot is always uh, Duchovny or, Fol- or uh, Fox Mulder trying to find out what happened to his sister. Wait, wait, his name is Fox Mulder? Yeah. He got laid every night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Um, but... He was surprised when it happened to his sister. Yeah, his sister was taken at a young age. Uh, he thinks and truly believes he, he witnessed, as he tries to tell everyone, it was a UFO. Uh-huh. And he's been on the hunt, and he's continually on the hunt. And while doing that, it's the X-Files is um, sort of a foundation for him to get to try and find his sister. But since he's under it, he's there's side missions. So, like, the B-plots are always going off and trying to, like... A uh, good one is a uh, famous one is a character called Tombs, who is this very viscous guy who can like squeeze himself into any place he wants, like the smallest crack he can squeeze himself into. And then when he gets into a house or or apartment, he feeds off the person. So that's how he breaks in. So like that's one of the big first mysteries. Is feeds like, like eats him. Yeah. Okay. And that's one of the first big mysteries in season one is like how how is this person being eaten when there's no sign of forced entry. Nice. You know, so was he an alien? He's uh, a, a subhumanoid creature. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm slowly. I have not seen an episode since uh, since I was a young kid, and I'm actually in the process now of trying to get the seasons individually. They're on eleventh season right now, so it's a very expensive feat to try and mm-hmm. do. But yeah, that's my number three. X Files. Number three for me is South Park. Uh, I mean, come on, right? I mean, one of the greatest, not only animated shows of all time, but one of the greatest shows of all time, right, overall. I mean, this thing has lasted 20-plus years. Who would have thought in 1997, when I was a wee lad of 10, that a show about them killing Kenny every week would turn into the way it has become now? But my God, I mean, like, I cannot tell you a bad episode of South Park, and I've seen almost, I, I, I have seen every episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, everything is great. Again, that would be another honorable mention for me. I mean, I, I mean, I got involved in South Park not in the first episode. I got involved in South Park with my brother when we were young, and we watched uh, season one. But it was when uh, we checked out um, was it Scuzzlebutt, where it was this monster and they had a guy's body as a leg, and a volcano was coming. Patrick and they, Duffy. Patrick, du- yeah, yeah, okay. Patrick Duffy was the leg. You don't remember that, do you? No, I don't. They go hunting on the mountain. They go hunting on the mountain, and then a volcano erupts, and the best way to avoid being killed by a volcano is to duck and cover. No, you throw a blanket over yourself, and the, yeah. the, the lava will flow right over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I'm like, and like the first that, season's great. They, they have the catchphrase, oh, it's coming right at me. Oh, it's, it's oh yeah, it's coming right for us. Yeah, it's coming right for us. Um... Also with uh, also with the first no I'm sorry with yeah also with the first season too you find out in a cliffhanger who is Cartman's father, and then they fuck you in season two with the first episode being a Terrence and Philip episode, <laughs> and then you get the second episode which is you find out that Cartman's father is actually his mother as well hermaphrodite, <laughs> which is great. See I'm I'm a fan of South Park. Um, I like the show. I haven't watched probably like the last five anything from the last five seasons maybe. Uh. Um, but I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid because it was like that, that edgy thing you're not supposed to watch because it's for mature audiences only and stuff like that. Um, but talking about 
uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. I think so. We talked about a couple episodes of, uh, about um, directors. We did we did a director Kevin Smith. A lot of people say like, oh, he's a like he's a big success story coming from like the independent scene and stuff. Nobody ever talks about Matt Stone like Trey Parker in particular in that sort of mold. But he's probably he's, like one of the most the successful indie guys ever. Yeah, no, yeah. he definitely is. He's more successful than John Carpenter. He's more successful than Kevin Smith. Uh, Quentin Tarantino even came oh, up yeah. in independent. He's, more... he's, I mean, what? He's worth a couple hundred mil at least. He has won every single. Um, they didn't win any. Multi- no, he. They've won Tonys. Tonys? They've won Blame a Grammy, Blame. and they've won an Oscar for Blame Canada. I thought they just got nominated. That won. I think that won an Oscar. If oh, I'm wow. wrong, we can look it up later. But it was nominated. Regardless. Won Regardless, does Trey Parker have an egot? Barbara Streisand has an egot. I know. It's like it's like I just I just love Trey Parker, man. So how in the fuck can they? I saw Book of Mormon. I saw that uh, last year with my wife. How in the flaming fuck that even has won so many? T- have you guys seen this? I'm no. very aware. Yeah. There is a whole song about a guy having maggots in his scrotum. And don't fuck the baby. And don't fuck the baby. It's like, <laughs> what? How? And I am so uncomfortable in the Book of Mormon because I'm in the balcony section and there is, um, there is a homosexual couple, um, uh, uh, oh god, black white. What? Oh, shit. Uh, interracial. Yes, yeah, there. Sorry, thank you so much. Go find the word. Interracial couple. Interracial a homosexual couple in front of me, and behind me is a couple in their 80s? And I'm like, they have no idea what's about to happen. Oh, my God. And they're laughing more than I am. I'm just like, this is so great. So the way that, I mean, but anyway, but South Park, every episode that I have seen has just been fucking flawless. I mean, like, it's, I cannot tell you one bad episode. Well, they, they have a, they have such a beautiful knack, and especially now, like, when every, when anything happens politically, uh, or anything in our, in our societal like makeup, they have the ability to, to like grab a hold of it quick because they're. Have you seen? Have either of you seen the uh, documentary um, Six Days to Air? Oh my yeah. god, I watched that a lot. It's, it's amazing that when they get a hold of a topic and they release it just in enough time to where that topic is, they're always relevant. They're always right. on top of relevance. And Trey Parker's gonna die of a heart attack because that guy just can't fucking understand that he's really funny and he thinks he's not and he's just destroying his own shit but no south park hands down amazing so best friend Ryan, we know what your number one is but what's your number two uh number two we're going old school here kicking it back to my nick at night days happy days sunday monday happy, happy days. days tuesday wednesday happy, happy days. days thursday friday happy days saturdays what a days kicking all week with you boom 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 these days are oh. happy and free those happy days um, that was like uh, this, and then I almost put the Wonder Years on here, but uh, oh, honorable shit, mention. The years, yeah. Um, I always came back to this one at least until they got to like the early '80s, because um, like after Richie leaves, it's not the same. Um, but like the Fonz is super cool. Richie's Richie is the uh, that that geek nerd guy, but he's still got that you know like that's Ron Howard, right? That's Ron Howard. Um, I think all the like. It is classic sitcom writing. It, it, there's not much in, in terms of characterization and everything that kind of distinguishes it from something like Taxi or um, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, things like that. Right. Um, it just, 
I love again. I talked about it in the Back to the Future episode. Uh, huge fan of fifties uh, iconography. This the show is set in the fifties. Um, it is basically an off, like it's not really, but it basically is kind of like an offshoot of American Graffiti, though it's not. But they are the similar. Stories. It's that seventies show set in the fifties. Well, every see that's the thing. I was always wondering. I'm, I've been wondering for a while when this decade is going to have that, like where we have a show that's like, you know, that 90s show or whatever. We had an 80s show. They did have an 80s show. That lasted for one season one that season. I loved and they canceled it. Glenn Howerton starred in it. Yes, he, he did. And it Dennis. was a spinoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually was a spinoff because the main star of the show, his cousin was Eric. Oh, really? Yeah. But see, like, so this, the 70s had Happy Days set in the 50s. The 90s had that 70s show which set in the 50s or set in the 70s. So we're like ripe for a show set in the mid '90s, yeah, and the Wonder Years focused on the '60s. 60s. Yeah, yeah. So we gotta get that '90s show. There's something. Some. It happens every generation. So I mean, where because like the nostalgia, it always it, it's always new. Even, it it's even the Goldbergs, uh, the Goldbergs, it's all, 80s. all '80s. Yeah, and it's a wonderful show. See, I've, the, I've heard good things, but I've never checked. Yeah, I've never it out. seen it because is is it as cultural impactful as Happy Days or '70s show right now? Is it is it? Hey. They are heavily, there? heavily modeled on the 80s. Does, yeah. does it get in there? It, it respects it well. Okay. I don't know if, if, if overall pop culture is like Cause one of the, one of the teeth. Not to like trail off, but one of the best episodes is where the, the main character, the main boy, is devastated when he finds out Optimus Prime gets killed in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's a great show. Um, I mean, Happy Days was great. I watched Happy Days a lot when I was growing up. Of course, I stopped watching even at a young age when literally Fonz literally jumps a shark. Well, see, yeah, I, I never like that stuff. Doesn't matter. The thing I like about that show the, the most, um, outside of the setting, uh, is it's, it's just comfortable. You know, yeah. this is like a comfort. You can just sit down and enjoy yourself. That's you how can, I feel with Cheers. Yeah, Cheers is a good show too. I mm-hmm. like Cheers. Um, no, yeah, like it's just something you can just. It's not like a turn your brain off sort of thing, but you can just. You can relax and yeah. feel like you're part of the gang. You Didn't know? Robin Williams star in that too? Was that his first leading? Um, not his leading, but wasn't that his first big? Mork was in an episode, and that spun off into Mork and Mindy. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay, like Ro- uh, Richie Robin finds an egg, and it hatches, and out comes Mork from Mork. Yeah, and yeah, like but it's, it's Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was his and first like, uh, big uh, role, Le- right? Yeah, Mork, Mork and Mindy was his first big role. Um, Laverne Shirley's a spinoff of that. Joni Loves Chachi's a spinoff, spinoff of that. Chachi means penis in Korean, so it's actually Joni Loves Penis. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, Happy Days, number two. I absolutely love that show. All right, Brother Brandon. Uh, like with number three in the X-Files, I won't... Uh, this is well known for a lot of people. My number two is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Boo! What? Boo! I am not a fan. I am sorry to rain on your parade, but I'm not a fan. Hey, that's fine. I okay. What came first, the movie from the early '90s or the show? The movie. Okay. The movie's '92. Movie's fucking awesome. Debatable. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love the movie. I love the movie. When is uh, what is it? Um, oh, that fucking asshole that was WWE wrestling, who was married to Courtney Cox. David Arquette. David Arquette. Where he's like, where he's like flying outside his friend's window. He was like, it's awesome, man, and shit. It's like that's fucking creepy. Well. Joss Whedon wrote the movie. Well, that's fine. But then the show comes out, I'm like, ugh. Really? Yeah. Again, man, this was such this was such a huge it's such a huge importance to the nineties and the early two thousands. Like Sarah mm. Michelle Geller was one of those she was an immediate first crush for me. Like not only was she great looking, but just kicking ass, defeating monsters and like she there's lots of episodes where she breaks down as a character, and you, yeah, she, there's 
layers removed and you can find out who she really is like oh the show is wonderful and then elijah dushku comes in his faith okay so okay okay so question because i don't like the show does the show at all follow the movie is is it is it jumping off the movie or is the movie does not exist uh it vaguely it never comes out and says yes but it, it i think it follows more I think Joss took the idea of the movie and just used it to develop into a show. Because she has an old guy to teach her that she's a vampire hunter Joss, and all that. Yeah, but she's that's not... in the show. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. he's a he is he's the watcher is what they're called, and what the he, the whole point of a watcher is to make sure that the slayer is trained well and doesn't get killed. Okay, gotcha. Because I remember there's always scenes of them in a library. That's where it starts off. The first three seasons, they're in high school. Season four is college, and then season five, it I don't want to ruin it, but it trails off to another place. It Season okay. six and seven, like what we were explaining earlier, does get a little ugh, and that's only because the, it, no, after season five, it no longer was on the WB. It went to the UPN. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, just like the Cleveland Browns, that's where careers go to die. Essentially, but... Oh, Jesus. It's still continuing, actually. Um uh, they're on season 12, but it's season 8 through 12, it's all through comics. Okay. They're doing it through comics. So then, so then, um, I do remember an episode where I said I'm done. And it was the only episode I watched. And I and I think they're in high school graduation, and it's like when a guy turns into like a hydra, like a three-headed monster, or am I wrong in the monster description? It's like a giant serpent. That was the yeah. principle. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is not Buffy. Well, it totally is. Well, to, to me it wasn't because because of the time Buffy that I knew was the movie, well, and yeah, I loved the movie. You're only associating Buffy with vampire slaying. Well, that's what it's called. It's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Again, like with um, like with X Files, the A plot is was is Mulder look, trying to find his sister. Same sure. thing with Buffy. The A plot is vampire slaying. Uh-huh. But the B plot they would trail off and like there's a there's a werewolf mystery. There's, uh, and the principles of. Snake. Yeah, like, and then there's um, there's another good one too, which is, I think, it was an idea that trailed into that what became Cabin in the Woods because in season four there's this thing called the Initiative and it's this underground lair where they're housing and and caging and locking up different creatures and paranormal entities that all eventually get loose. <laughs> now, is Angel a good show? I know that's a spinoff. Uh, strangely, what's interesting is I do like it. Um, Buffy starts off light and goofy and gets darker angel starts off dark but then gets lighter as it goes on angel and buffy were were two piece in a pod right right that was one of her lovers spike being another one. Oh, really that guy yeah that was spike that guy he's awesome he's one of the best characters in the show he's ugly <laughs> all right that's my uh... but i mean i'm i know we're getting kind of late here but i won't um uh, yeah it started in 97 ended in 03 I can uh, I remember that and um, yeah it was one of those shows that I missed out on the first two seasons I started in season three thankfully WB had reruns um, but it was one of those once I caught up I was there every night making sure I was watching them but yeah that's my number two fair enough number two is Simpsons uh, I mean do I need to say any more I, I mean Beer Baron is one of my favorite episodes of all time and it has the quote that I live by so. It's like um, Simpsons, I feel, is like uh, with Saturday Night Live, it's such a cultural yeah. uh, touchstone now where it just, it's 
everyone knows it. Yeah. There's going to be something that everybody loves about it. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I love the first couple seasons. I haven't watched a, a new episode in probably a decade. Oh, I've watched them. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I can. I DVR it. They're still great. Uh, Sideshow Bob has been killed three times and always comes back. It's great. <laughs> and like I said, the Beer Baron episode was one of my favorite episodes ever. That's when they that's when they figure out in, in Springfield that it's that it's illegal to have alcohol. And they have this great little skit about it. And then Homer says the famous line at the end of the show, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all life's problems. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. Um, I love everything about The Simpsons. It is never wrong. Continue to be awesome. You have surpassed Gunsmoke. You are officially now the longest running television show in history of television, which is amazing. The thing I like about The Simpsons uh, most is that over the years, they're not afraid to just change whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, one of my favorite things is they have those episodes, The the Way We Were. Yes. Where it's it, a great show. It great just, episode. Uh, well, they have The Way We Were, The Way We Were too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's I think there's four of them in total yeah. over the court where they just completely change the backstory of how uh, Homer and Marge met. Yeah. Okay. Like uh like one is um like they, they like she tutored him in high school and he had a crush on her and Marty Ziff took her to the prom and like her like tried to have like force himself on her and Homer was there to rescue her, like pick her up as she was walking down. Uh, and then, like, I think the third one, they met in college, and he was in a grunge band or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, which Homer never went to college, because yeah. in an episode of Homer Goes to College. And, like, uh, uh, the joke I remember from the, the grunge one is, like, he gets famous, and, uh, like, he's she leaves him, because he's just, like, fucking eating a bunch of shit and not really paying attention to her. And so, uh, um, so he's, like, kind of, like, there's a shot where he's just, like, strung out on the couch, he's like, out of it, and, like, he looks like he's high. And so, like, uh, he, he's, like, he has this needle, this hypodermic needle, and he's about to plunge it into his arm. And she's like, Homer, no! And, like, knocks it out, and he goes, but I need it! And then, like, two scenes later, he wakes up in a hospital because he went into a diabetic coma. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, 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 I cannot end my Simpsons rant at all with the major thing. I'm not going to say the only thing. But one of the major things that connect my brother and I, and that is Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. We have grown up with Treehouse of Horror. We have had conversations, sentences, referencing Treehouse of Horror. Like, hello, beast. Take a load of this gas bomb. And then Brandon would act out. Uh, the gas one day. <laughs> you know, and one of our favorite ones was, uh, that uh, that episode was when uh, it was King Homer and Mr. Burns was going to throw a gas bomb at Homer Simpson as King Kong, but the gas bomb blows up in Mr. Burns' face because he's old. And then the next scene cuts, and he's saying, and I'm strolling through the gas one day. <laughs> one of the other one was, uh, was of course, Clown Without Pity. Yeah. You know, where Krusty Clown Doll is psychotic and trying to kill Homer. You got, you got fucking... Uh, <laughs> the doll was evil, and it's like, oh, here's your problem. The doll, someone set this doll to evil, and he just flips the switch to good. <laughs> yeah, and it's this Homer's best friend. You think your dirty socks can stop me? Well, well. <laughs> But, like, uh, the shinning is another great sh- one. Sh- you want to get sued? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, that's great. Oh, I mean, no, no, yeah. it's like, the, it's uh, the shinning. He's like, don't you mean the shining? Like, the sh- son, do you want to get sued? <laughs> Brandon and I uh, found a VHS tape, and there was probably the first four or five. I have it still. So. You have that. Yeah. The first four or five. Uh, it's Treehouse of Horror. Horror episodes. Uh, three, four, five, and six. And we just watched it all the time growing up as kids. It was just something that we just fucking just really loved because one of our favorite ones too, and then I can end it, 
is when it was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bart Simpson's Dracula. Bart Simpson's Dracula. Yeah. And it's 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 just such a great I mean Treehouse of Horror is fun where you can kill every single character and bring them back for the next episode and so yeah. <laughs> Dial Z for zombies. Yeah. You know, it's just ah oh, God, every Treehouse of Horror was great. So that's my number two. Simpsons, one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, Best Friend Ryan. Yours number your, one is The Office. Yeah, office. So I went over it. So. Yeah. You don't want to put anything else on it? I, I think no. I talked about it. Yeah, we talked about um, it. Yeah, it's one of the, the first couple seasons. is one of the funniest sitcom writing I can remember. Performances are great across the board. Yeah. It, it is one of the very few shows outside of wrestling where like I had to be there at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock yeah. on Tuesdays and Thursdays when be it came there, on. square. Yeah, no, I like it was one of the things where I like I would go and I, like I would go the next day to school, and I would be like reciting the episodes, uh, yeah. telling the jokes to people. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Dwight and uh, Jim pranks are favorite. My favorite one though is when they got Dwight convinced that Jim was actually Asian the whole time. Oh, when the guy comes in. Yeah. He goes, Jim, what are you talking about? Hey, what are you he talking, goes, about? talking about? There's Dwight. a picture and everything. Yeah. He's like, Pam comes up and kisses the Asian guy. Asian guy says, "You don't, you don't see race. Good for you." <laughs> And uh, the last thing about The Office I would say is my favorite, though, overall prank, is it is, um, oh, shit, they go they, they go someplace in a hotel room, and uh, Jim can't sleep because he's used to being up at 4 o'clock in the morning because of the kids. So he starts to make his hotel room look like a murder scene. Okay. Okay. And he has like this huge rope, you know, that was tied together, you know, like the bed sheets, like you're climbing out the window, you know. Mm -hmm. And Dwight comes in with one of the girls and he's just like Jim hey we're going out or whatever and he's like what's going on it's a murder scene essentially and on the raw wall Brendan and Blood says Dwight did it <laughs> and Dwight just goes no I did it no I did it and then Jim's lifeless body falls out of the closet and they scream bloody murder it's one of the greatest <laughs> fucking pranks in the world yeah. and of course the jello everything has to be in jello well, my favorite episode of the office is the wedding the two-parter, the, the Jim and Pam, yeah, Jim wedding. And Pam get married, yeah, because it's it's funny and it ends on a nice emotional beat. It's really yeah. great. I actually because he cuts his tie. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I'm talking about the the part where like it's like the end credits, um, where he's talking to the camera outside outside of the church. Oh, and he's like he's like, well, the boat was Plan C, the church was Plan B, and uh, Plan A was actually marrying her like, a couple years ago. Practically the day I met her. Yeah, it's very touching. It's very Jim, nice. Jim and Pam are great. Like, it's schmaltzy, but I fucking love it. Yeah. Because I'm invested in those characters by that time. Like, yeah. I want them to be happy. Yeah, especially when you go through the turmoil in the last two seasons when he wants to be that sports business thing and they don't see yeah. each other much anymore. One of, the, one of my favorite uh, in that the wedding episode is where um, Michael is trying to hit on the women at the bar yeah. in Niagara Falls. And, like, like, Dwight comes out of nowhere. He's like, Michael, Michael, twins. Michael's like... You understand, right? He's talking to girls like you understand. I gotta go. It's the twins. And, like, and it cuts to it's just these two like fat old dudes, and Dwight's like, "Look at them, they're identical." Yeah, and then Andy uh, splits his scrotum. Yeah, yeah. He literally he's, splits his scrotum. He splits. He splits his scrotum. I remember he has the walker and he can't like. Do well, anything. no, because oh, because because he's, he's because because he he does the splits. They're dancing, yeah. and he and he lands on his keys, and his keys go up into his scrotum. That's right, and he oh. can't he can't tell. Um, Kimmy Schmidt, what's her name in the fucking show? Ellie. Oh, yeah. I can't remember her fucking name in the show. Yeah, because he's in love with her, so I can't yeah. tell her. Yeah, because he ripped his scrotum. Number one for best uh, for <laughs> brother Brandon. Uh, number one was for out of all my favorite shows, out of TV in general, this is my absolute favorite, and this was one of the rare occasions where I got to start literally from the first episode. Started in May of two thousand, 
and uh, it was because it was almost summer break, and I was happy that I would have something to watch throughout the summer. Um, it is Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I absolutely love this show. I uh, pretty much in the same in the same vein as Roseanne and like King of the Hill when we're saying. It's one of the few shows that depict a family that struggles. Only it's very comedic. Um, what's the theme? What's the theme? Um, you're not a man to me. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss. Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm sorry. I was trying to. I was trying to hear what you were saying. You were, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> you're not the boss. The, main, the theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, theme. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's uh, essentially follows uh, the main character Malcolm, who's played by Frankie Muniz. And he always breaks the fourth wall, always telling you, like, the situation that's going on with each episode. He, Brian Cranston, as the father, Hal, is genius. That's was one that of, one of his first roles? Uh, that was, like, his most prominent role. Right. Was that one of his He was, most like, one of those guys who was there, like, guest spots on all these TV shows before okay. he got that one. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Unfor- I think one of the saddest things for me, though, is the first season is available on DVD, Unfortunately, I don't think it, it's a show that's ever going to get a complete release. Why not? Uh, the music rights. It is one. It was one of those shows that. Oh, like Wonder Years. Uh, it used so many uh, popular songs of the early two thousands. Isn't it on Netflix? A uh, Hulu. So you can watch it on Hulu at least. Well, Rab, but who's to say how long this streaming thing will will last? And I I just want it on my shelf. No, I, yeah. I want my favorite show of all time on my shelf. Never could get into it. No. Respected it though. I've watched a few handful of episodes. I just okay. I can understand why this is good, but it wasn't a show where I, you know, like had to go see like The Office, like Ryan was saying. You know, it's like oh my god, I have to be here Sunday nights on Fox. I would, I would, I would recommend out of all my favorite, all, out of all my shows, I would say Malcolm for for you and Ryan. Yeah. Uh, it's on Hulu. I would at least give the first season. I've seen time. every episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. Okay. They used to air it. Um, during the summers, uh, they would air about four or six episodes back to back on FX. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I've seen every episode. I'd yeah. say I'd say at least give the first season a shot. No, yeah. I mean, like, if it goes from me hating anime to Malcolm in the Middle. Oh no, no. Malcolm in the Middle's cool. I respect <laughs> it. I like Malcolm in the Middle. It's just not a show. Where I'm like. Hey, you know what I mean? It's just not that show. I've, it's the only show that I I'm currently going through it again. I'm on season four. Jeez. It's a seven season run. It's uh, it's probably one I can easily say I've gone through the entire series a good twelve, thirteen times. Wow. Okay. And it's one of those things that I even remember one time I finished the very last episode. The next day I started episode one again. It was just one of those things. It's always on in the background, like Futurama. Oh yeah, I love Futurama. My Malcolm in the Middle is my wife's Futurama. She always has to have Futurama on. I'm the same way. Like if if I need to be in a good mood, I'll just put an, a random episode of Malcolm on. Typically the roller skating one, where Hal teaches Malcolm how to roller skate. That's always a good one. Oh, is that the one? He's got like the spandex on. He's in the, the yeah. swing and he's like throws himself <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lois's birthday. It was great. Where they forget her birthday. Yeah, uh, I remember and that then one. They end up fighting the clowns. Does she have a lazy eye? I don't think no so. Idea. <laughs> I think uh, one of my favorite episodes is where they go to uh, uh, Hal's dad's uh, birthday party in the mansion, yes. and like everyone just the dad, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd's yeah. dad, um, and like uh, Hal's family, they're like persona non grata for the family, and so they, so when the boys realize that everyone looks down on them, they're like, "Fuck it," especially the mother, more Lois than yeah. anything. Yeah, uh, all the boys are like, "Fuck it," they're gonna disrespect us. Let's let's fuck this up, and they just get the golf cart and start driving through yeah. shit. I just like the I just like the, sh- the 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 part where they drive into the pool and all, all calm as the water is taking overtaking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
it was one of those shows too that had a unique premise in that the teaser, the short little minute, the two minute thing before the credits, completely its own entity. It was almost like a small little short story before the actual episode. And mm. one of my favorite ones is like before the episode started, uh, they had a pet hamster and they attached it to a rocket and Hal's sitting in the backyard with a newspaper and they <laughs> they light the rocket and it and it goes Pah! and then all of a sudden Hal's uh, they're like may he rest in pieces and Hal's like good one boys <laughs> and then he goes on to the show jeez they killed the hamster you can't do that anymore on TV damn I mean, it's not, you don't see it, but you do hear the rocket. Explode. No, no, I mean, it's, it's implied. I, I get it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I, that This is a show, I think I think we need to get to a point where we need to take our favorite shows and do an episode on their own just so we can talk about them more. Because mm-hmm. there's so much about Malcolm I want to say that I don't want to eat up the time now to do. But I absolutely love it. My number one. All right, my number one, and then uh, we'll cut it short here, uh, would be Friends. That is the greatest TV show of uh, of uh, all time. Uh, Debatable. I can watch. <laughs> I can watch every episode again and again and again. Brandon said he has watched Malcolm Middle twelve times overall as season runs. I I probably would be the, the same as well. Uh, I never was into Friends during its actual run because uh, it was always the girl show. You know what I mean? Because all the girls in high school liked it, and I never liked it. But it was my freshman year of uh, college. And it was spring break, and um, and I was going home, and uh, I was going to be by myself. My mom and everybody were going to be going down south. I decided to stay home. And the girl I was dating at the time had all ten seasons on DVD. So she told me I can borrow them, and I just said, give me something to do to watch for the next two weeks. And I watched, like, the whole fucking season within the two, three-week break. It was just wonderful. I thoroughly enjoyed every episode. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling, isn't it, when you... Uh you know, probably with The Office or like with me, Malcolm in the Middle. When you find that show, it's, yeah. it's very, it's very frightening how easily and how much time you waste. It consumes you. It <laughs> yeah. consumes you because Gina has always said, and I don't see it for the record. I don't see it, but Gina has always said so. This day that I look like Ross and I act like Ross. I don't see it. That's what Gina says. If she thinks that. She has sex with me, so she's right. Hey. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it's just, there's not one episode that's great. Uh, there's not one episode that's better than the other. The first season is very weak. Uh, but after after season one, it just gets better and better and better. And, of course, why not? They had a whole hairdo named after the show, The Rachel. <laughs> right? It's just, it's just a fun show, and I, I have more to say, but I don't want to drag the show on more. But, yes, very good. Very good show. I've never actually seen a, an entire episode of Friends. Oh my god! I've only the most I've ever seen is probably like the last five minutes as I'm waiting for Seinfeld to come on TBS. Gotcha. Uh, or like they used to show it on Fox too yeah. when I was younger, waiting for like they would show like they would show The Simpsons, uh, and then Friends, mm-hmm. and then Seinfeld. Well, one of the one of the episodes I can tell you to check out is one of the first seasons where uh, where uh, Joey and Chandler are becoming roommates. And they have nothing in common at all whatsoever. And then Joey puts on Baywatch, and Chandler's like, "What is this?" And uh, you know, uh, Joey says, "Oh, it's 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 Baywatch. It's amazing. I love Baywatch." And Chandler's like, "They're just running." And he sits down next to him in the chair and goes, "This is the greatest show I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> and it's just it's just funny little quibs like that. And of course, Ross and Rachel break up the first time it is heartbreaking and just wonderful. Because they were in a break, no matter what the bitch says. They weren't on a break? They weren't. Oh, when he like, he slept with somebody else? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. because she says, I want to take a break. He's like, okay, we're on a break. He goes to a club. He gets drunk. He gets some poontang. He wakes up. She wants to get back together. And then she finds out that he slept with another girl. And she's mad at him. Does he tell her right away or does he hide it and they have like hijinks and stuff around it? Oof, he hides it. Oh, my God. It's, it's supposed to be honest with the ones you love. <laughs> Anyway, so thank you so much for downloading this episode. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, but uh, if you want to check this episode out, you can check out many others at movieguyspodcast.com, at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can check us out on Twitter at movieguyspod and also on Facebook at movieguyspodcast. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Podcast. But uh, best friend Ryan and brother Brandon, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. And we'll yep. talk to you guys again next week. Bye, everybody. Yeah.